and welcome to this episode of Selling Gene, the podcast. I'm Selling Gene's chief editor and host for the podcast, Aaron Harris. And my guest is Al Gene Ketty. He is the CEO of Xylocore Therapeutics, which is a biopharm company focused on the development of novel gene therapy for unmet needs in advanced coronary artery disease or CAD. Al, thanks for your time. I'm happy you're here. Thank you, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be here today. Good, good. All right. So we're going to jump right in. So first of all, I want to talk more about Xylocore Therapeutics and CAD specifically, again, CAD. Um, talk to us about the company and its lead product candidate, XC001. Tell us what's going on. Sure. Xylocore Therapeutics, we are a gene therapy company based in the Philadelphia area, focused on developing uh, potential drugs for patients with coronary artery disease. And so we license our technology from Cornell. Uh, our two founders, um, Ron Crystal. Ron Crystal is the head of genetic medicine at Cornell and one of the pioneers in gene therapy. Our other co-founder is Todd Rosengard, who is the head of surgery at Baylor. The two of them came together in the 1990s at Cornell, uh, where Ron had been doing work in, in genetic medicine in the early days. And Todd had been doing work at the NIH prior to his time at Cornell, focused on um, the, the use of VEGF or vascular endothelial growth factor uh, to revascularize the heart. And the two of them came together with the concept that gene therapy might be an approach uh, to deliver VEGF to the heart or the transgene for VEGF to the heart to revascularize the heart. So uh, based upon that early work, I met uh, the two co-founders, Dr. Rosengard and Dr. Crystal, and really got so impressed with the technology they were developing. I signed on as the founding CEO of Xylocorp. And uh, our lead program, XC001, uh, is again a gene therapy for revascularization of the heart for patients with coronary artery disease. And we're using the adenovirus vector with a transgene that expresses multiple isoforms of VEGF or vascular endothelial growth factor. And that's important because prior to that, the, the only approaches that have been tried were to um, uh, express a, a, a single isoform of the protein and uh, preclinical models show that expressing multiple isoforms gives a more potent angiogenic effect. So we're currently in a phase one, two study. We just transitioned from the phase one portion to the phase two portion of the trial and expect trial results next year. Wonderful, wonderful. And we're going to get more into as the conversation goes on, specifically coronary artery, artery disease, excuse me, being the most common type of heart disease But and, and why this is so important. But before we get to that, I want to talk a, bit, a little bit specifically about your background. Now, you yourself have more than 25 years of drug development and commercialization experience, and you've worked with GSK and small biotech too. And how has working with both, say, the big guys and smaller institutions help you forge your way for Xylocor and what you're working on? That's a great question. I think um, uh, my experience at GSK was tremendous. It was a tremendous training ground. Um, I worked with some really great people, many of whom I still stay in contact with today and some, some of whom I even work with uh, as of today. And also worked on some great compounds that some of which became became approved drugs. 
And so that experience at GSK really um, provided me with a lot of experiences, training, um, connections with people who and and um, uh, services in the industry um, that um, you know really helpful uh, from a drug development slash commercialization perspective. And so that that experience is really important. And um, but al- also the the experience of uh, working in a small biotech company is equally important. Uh, the principles of drug development tend to stay the same between the two. Um, how you get it done tends to be a bit different. Um, you're you're in a smaller biotech, much more limited in resources, and uh, and there are fewer people to deliver. So you you have to wear many hats. And and I always say at a at a at a small company like Xylocor, you have to be a thinker and a doer. Um, there's no room for one or the other, just doing one or the other. So it's really uh, both have been great experiences for me and and quite enjoyable and and quite different. For sure. And we hear that often that is small biotech, especially uh, everyone has many, many roles to play and uh, everyone is happy to do so. You, you dig your heels in and, and get the work done. So you're certainly not the first to hear that. That's great. Um I want to talk about the exact clinical trial. So it is a phase one, two, multi-center, open label, single arm dose escalation trial. Did I get that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, explain the trial and you know how gene therapy specifically works in the trial. So we're in this first trial, the exact trial, we're studying patients who have refractory angina. So we back up a second and just look at the patients with coronary artery disease in the United States, there's about 19 million or so patients with coronary artery disease in the United States. And of those, about 9 million or so have chronic angina. And so these are patients who, when they exert themselves, um, they can get chest pain because the supply of blood isn't meeting the demand for blood in the heart when when they're when they start uh, being more active, movement around and walking up a flight of steps or any activity that could create more demand for blood flow in the heart. So uh, these patients are initially treated with medications, and uh, sometimes they're controlled. Their uh, chronic engine is controlled with medications, and when optimal medications don't work, then they're referred for uh, mechanical interventions. So for example, PCI, where often a stent is placed to open the artery up and keep it open, um, or coronary artery bypass graft or bypass surgery, where the occluded artery is actually bypassed. Um, so those, those treatments can be very effective and work for many patients. But when patients no longer have those options, because either they've already been revascularized with PCI or cabbage, or they're no longer candidates for those procedures for whatever reason, they become what's called no-option refractory angina patients. And there's about a million and a half of those in the United States of the patients with chronic angina. And so we're treating that, and they have a range of symptoms. Some some are highly symptomatic, some are less symptomatic. And so that's the patient we're treating, the patient with refractory angina, who no longer has any treatment options left. So the approach we're taking is to administer uh, the XC001 directly to the cardiac tissue so that in an effort to revascularize the heart, creating new blood vessels. So rather than opening up a damage, a diseased blood vessel or bypassing a diseased blood vessel, we're creating new blood vessels to provide 
uh, coronary blood flow to the heart um, that, that requires it when a patient would exert themselves. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I want to talk a little bit, expand on that, because uh, as you said, uh, 19 million people in the U.S. have coronary artery disease. And like we said, the most common type of heart disease. Uh, you gave us a little bit of, of information on that patient population, but what, what do they look like and who qualifies for your trial? So the patient with refractory angina, again, they, they have to be deemed as non-revascularizable. So they can't be treated with an additional stent or PCI or bypass procedure. Um, and uh, they still are symptomatic. Um, so these patients are highly symptomatic. Their, their disease limits them in what they can do in their daily activities because of the chest pain they experience when they do exert themselves. So these are the patients that are included in our trial. We have an eligibility review committee that looks at every patient to make sure that they do qualify uh, for the trial. And then um, they're included in the trial. They have to undergo a series of tests to confirm that they can complete all of the um, uh, testing to assess whether or not they're improving or not. Uh, so things like walking on a treadmill, uh, imaging techniques to look at their coronary blood flow. Um, so that, that way we can confirm that they are indeed improving over time. Sure. Sure. I want to talk a little bit about your secondary product XC002. Now that one is in the discovery stage and it's for patients with cardiac tissue damage from heart attacks. So talk to us about X, XC002 and its roadmap. Yes, so uh, oftentimes when a patient has a myocardial infarction or heart attack, they have uh, scar tissue um, that no longer is functioning. So they become fibroblast cells that are not uh, uh, beating and helping the, with the cardiac function. Uh, so this can lead to heart failure in many patients. So um, one of the approaches and the approach we're taking is to use gene therapy um, and administering transcription factors that would, in animal models, and, and eventually we'll test in humans, convert those fiber non-functioning fibroblasts into functioning cardiac myocytes. So if you will, reprogramming these cells to function again. And um, this would be a, a dramatic improvement for these patients. As, I, uh, as you mentioned, we're in preclinical stages and optimistic. Um, and looking forward to, um, in the future, moving into the clinic with that one as well. Sure. And the therapies that Xylocor is developing and working on, I mean, this really could change the course of coronary artery disease and heart disease as a whole. I mean, this is really next level therapies for a very, very common type of heart disease. Absolutely. These are both potentially transformational um, programs, and uh, we're very excited. Uh, as uh, we discussed with XC002, if we can reverse the effects um, of a, a, a myocardial infarction and stop the progression to heart failure or even reverse it, that's mm -hmm. a huge step forward for these patients. Um, so we're very excited about that. And, and with XC001 for refractory angina, um, you know, there are many more patients with coronary artery disease, and this first study we're doing 
is a bit of a proof of concept, if you will, because if we can successfully revascularize the heart in patients uh, with refractory angina, then there are possibly other patient populations who could also benefit from such therapy. For example, patients who undergo coronary artery bypass surgery, there's a subgroup of those patients who undergo bypass surgery where the cardiologist and the cardiac surgeon suspect that they may not get a complete revascularization from the bypass alone. So the theory or the uh, approach that we're taking or we're going to take in the future is to administer XC001 conjunctive with the bypass procedure to mm -hmm. revascularize portions of the heart that may not be affected by the bypass graft to supplement the effect of the bypass alone. Again, this would be in a subgroup of patients who are undergoing uh, coronary artery bypass grafting. So we're very excited that not only can we treat the refractory angina as we are um, potentially successfully in the exact trial, but also in other patient groups as well, as, uh, as I mentioned, in patients who are undergoing bypass procedures. Good, good. All right. Well, that's very hopeful and exciting. And we hope that as the exact trial continues and continues to progress, you'll come back and tell us where we're at and the data that you have uncovered since the recording of this podcast. I would be delighted to. Good, good. Uh, we're at the end of the episode. And at the end of the episode, I ask my guests the same question, but because uh, Al and I are both from the greater Philadelphia area, normally at this point in the podcast, I ask my guests uh, what their ideal Saturday is, but we're going to put a little Philadelphia spin on this, much like I did with Karen Kozarski from Swan Bio. And so, Al, for you, my question is, What's your favorite cheesesteak spot? Ah, that's a tough, that's the <laughs> toughest question of the day. I would have to say my number one is still Jim's cheesesteaks on, on South Street. Fourth and South, yeah. Yes. That's is it eighth and my, South? That's probably, it's fourth, I believe. And uh, that's still my, probably my favorite. But I have to give a, a mention to Tony Luke's and to also John's mm -hmm. on Snyder Avenue. That was the last cheesesteak I shared with my, my dad who, unfortunately died from coronary artery disease, but John's oh, boy. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. I'm glad you got to share that, that cheesesteak together. And, yeah. uh, but I would agree with you. Uh, my response coming into this would have been was Jim's. So in total agreement, this is not a, a commercial for any one place. They're all great. <laughs> there are too many to choose from, but I guess listeners, if you're in the Philadelphia area, that's two for Jim's. So Absolutely. Uh, check it out. All right. Well, listeners, that wraps up this episode of Selling Gene, the podcast. And thanks again to Xylocor CEO, Al Giancetti, for his time and insight. Al, it was great. Thanks, for much. thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Aaron. It's been my pleasure. Good, good. Thank you. All right, everyone. We'll catch you next time.